Guys, um, <laughs> what do uh, what do dyslexic zombies eat? What? I don't know, Brian. Brian's. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> boys and girls, to another episode of Outways Forever. I'm Brains. <laughs> I'm Gem. Do we have to fuck this up? Yeah, yeah. No. I'm Champ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are here, guys, for another mini sode. Um, and boy, we got to keep it light here because we mm. just watched a heavy ass movie. Holy mm. shit. Um, yeah, I was telling uh, Steve that I was like mildly traumatized and he was just blaming me for doing it to myself mm -hmm. and he's not wrong, but listen, this movie I thought fucking ruled. Yeah, but it was mean as hell and pulled Intense. zero punches we are talking about 2021's recently re i think recently released as a shutter was it like a shutter exclusive or one of those kind of things right yeah. shutter, something like that the sadness a shutter original they're calling it uh the hmm. sadness um from 2021 we are going to talk about that some bitch and whoa that is a nonstop thrill ride of gore and depravity. Holy fuck. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so we'll get into it here in a damn hot sec. We were actually just talking about, uh, um, as we do before we get on the podcast, um, we're usually talking about processed meats. I was talking about how I was uh, getting, you know, had, had a little lunch at the Eaton Park with my family and my in-laws. And uh, then we got on the topic of spam. And I mm -hmm. said, let's roll this motherfucker. Let's talk about spam on the show. Spam doesn't get enough love. Meg has, has in recent years, it sounds like, Super adopted, adopted the spam lifestyle. I think I need more recipes, though. You know what, though? While we were on, so the basically gave the listeners a little backstory. I had never had spam in my life until I took a trip out west and we were like camping in like Joshua Tree and Death Valley and shit. So what do you get? You get processed meat that will last and doesn't need to be refrigerated. And you don't need to refrigerate. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah but I, p I picked up on the way these like single single slice guys and that was mm, mm. that was pretty legit i need to find them again you know what you can do just buy the damn loaf slice it up right but like i'm, I'm a single person <laughs> living you know it's not like i'm gonna share with anyone and i but also have a thing about bad. but i have a thing about never just like eating a full thing of spam in one you know i haven't yeah, had it that often but like yeah. i probably wouldn't eat a whole can by myself that's how you get gout. Yeah, that's, I was gonna say that's pretty inadvisable. I think I saw that King of a Hill episode too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there was a lot of uh, I can only imagine processed meat products that were used uh, mm. for the practical effects in this movie. Uh, but we'll get into that in a sec because we we've got a couple of different little orders of business to discuss here, um, and I need to bring up the old Instagram because I am going to be finding out um, live here what our next showdown episode topic is going to be uh for those of you new to show real real quick rundown every single month we have one we do a weekly episodes every week but once a month on the first monday of the month we do a showdown episode which means um we pick um usually three different topics uh put it out on the social medias and then all of our social media friends and followers will go on there and vote and decide what topic we're going to do for our showdown episode once we have the topic we each pick a movie 
movie that pertains to that topic. We argue about it. We vote. And someone takes home the goddamn championship belt. Now, Steve won last month uh, at long after long last, and he made us pay for it yeah. by watching Veronica, which is perhaps the worst uh, movie ever uh, committed to celluloid. And uh, it infiltrated my entire social media because I have seen nonstop dancing. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Danzig is, uh, I imagine, gonna start delivering your mail. He's get, you're gonna go to the dentist, and the dental hygienist is gonna be Glenn Danzig. Like, Do you think he just, just wipes gonna... his ass with the mail and then drops it off? Because I just imagine that's the only thing he would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good. I that sounds like something Glenn Danzig would do. <laughs> I, I just, and I don't know what made. We we're just thinking about mail and thinking about you know, imagining Glenn Danzig getting his mail because there's that very famous picture that's been turned into a million memes of Danzig just doing mundane things, mostly, mostly uh, uh, grocery <laughs> shopping, and he's carrying the big bag of kitty litter. Um, that's like a very, very famous picture. I just imagine if anyone in the world has a really obnoxious, overdramatic letter opener, it's probably Glenn Danzig. Mm -hmm. oh, like yeah. he's probably got a letter opener that's like a, like a, a serrated, you know, dagger, sacrificial dagger with a skull on the end or something like that. Mm -hmm. And see, he probably he probably has like that really ornate dagger like you're talking. Yeah. But also at the same time, he owns like maybe three spoons. <laughs> like imagine him like coming down with his hair all messed up and like picking his belly button. He's just like spreading butter on toast with a giant ceremonial dagger. Right. <laughs> it, 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 he uses but it for everything. But you can't eat soup at his house. Yeah. It spreads his butter. <laughs> and he opens his mail with it. He picks yeah. his toe with it. Oh, my God. Who <laughs> botched it? Botched job. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's highly likely. Um, I Let me go ahead and pick. Let's see. Where is our... Um, dang it. I do this every time. And I never remember how to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Holy shit, guys. It was a close one. Twitter might come into effect here. Okay. So um, I will tell you what the votes were on uh, on Instagram. And let me remind you what we're going to do for next month's episode. It will be our one year anniversary, believe it or not, boys and ghouls. For those of you who have been long uh, for the uh, for the entire year trip with us or perhaps even, uh, you know, close to that long. Thank you very much. We very much appreciate you. Um, but there has been some great topics that you dumb motherfuckers out there have completely <laughs> blew it on um, no, and picked other things. But there were topics that we really wanted to do and maybe they just got outvoted for whatever reason. So what we did was we took each of us picked our favorite topic that didn't win, but did get called out by the wheel um, earlier in the year. And we put those three on there. Now, as a reminder, Steve selected Monsters from the Deep. I selected Big Top Horror. So anything, you know, clown, circus related, whatever. And Meg selected Child's, the Child's Play franchise. Chucky, anything Chucky, Child's Play. So in third place, Child's Play Chucky. It did not did not score particularly well, Meg. I am regretful to tell you, you, you know did not win. I'm real sad now. Now, the other two were separated by but one vote. Mm. So Twitter 
which usually we get we get way way less uh, votes on Twitter just because our Instagram following is a lot bigger. Um, I have never seen one even close to the. Usually, you know, the close ones are five, ten votes off. This is literally one vote, and coming in first place by a scant one vote is Big Top Horror. Ooh, was my selection. You so totally influenced that. We have that. to go to Twitter. I did do that, and I am not ashamed <laughs> to say it. So we got to look at Twitter now. And yeah. see how many votes because uh, we need to add in here to bring to bring t- Twitter into the mix. Okay, well, Twitter is a completely different story. Okay, and like you said, we don't get as many votes. We had we only had ten votes on this poll. Okay, and it was tied between uh, Child's Play that came in that tied. Okay, but coming in third was Big Top Horror. Oh. So the the votes break down. Monsters from the Deep and Child's Play both got four votes, and Big Top Horror got two votes. Holy shit! Monsters wow. from the Deep leapfrogged uh, to go into first place then, because it outvoted uh, it outvoted because Child's Play on here was not not anywhere close. Um, but that one vote was erased yeah. by Twitter. So t- the, maybe the first time ever, Twitter decides it. We're doing Monsters from the Deep. Oh, sure. First time ever, yeah, Twitter decided in just a swing of like one vote because Big Top Horror went one vote up mm-hmm. and it just swung around. Now Monsters from the Deep is one vote up. Damn it. I don't even know if I voted on Twitter. That was stupid. Yeah. I really <laughs> fucked myself there, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that being said, uh, we have decided uh, the, 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 the social medias have decided for us our one year anniversary showdown topic for the month of June will be monsters from the deep. So next episode, we'll pop over there and friggin tell you what we're going to pick, um, what each of our selections for the next showdown episode will be. But, um, guys, we got other things to deal with here. First of all, do we have any beers in front of us that we want to talk about? That we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that you feel uh, comfortable revealing what you're drinking. Yeah. So, like, th- this weekend, I helped out Hop Farm a couple times uh, yesterday at the Lager Fest, which you should ask Malcolm about his shorts. Um, just talk to him about it. Yeah. It's he, like, subject. pretty much showed up, and we had, like, a Grady twin situation between Justin and Malcolm, where they were both wearing oh, incredibly shorts. short yeah, I thought you said Schwartz. I think he meant, like, a black oh. like That's a what I heard, beer. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe, like, he had a, uh, like, black lager there that sucked or something, and I was going to taunt him for it. <laughs> you can just make that up, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, but I actually, so, when I got back to the brewery, I, like, snagged some beer, and I have pub games which you might have drank recently it's the english yeah, style mild ale uh-huh. um it's nice it's good yeah. i'm into it yep i drank that a couple a couple episodes ago i think um a few episodes ago i forget or maybe it was before an episode but um, i will add that blogger festival that golden age put on yesterday was, was awesome it yeah i mean the first session wasn't super packed but it was still really chill and that venue is absolutely gorgeous beers were across the board really good nice. i really didn't have any stinkers so nice yeah i i wanted to come i spent my time yesterday cooking about uh, a dozen whole chickens and probably 300 400 
legs and thighs um, for for a big (laughs) fundraiser that I got suckered into cooking for uh, last minute. So I was grilling a whole mess of chickens um, yesterday. Uh, So really um, nice, relaxing day off uh, on a Saturday. But um, it was fun. It was fun. Staying outside, drinking beer cooking a bunch of chicken you could do worse as far as beers are concerned i'm also drinking at a lagavulin well you're not drinking lagavulin but lagafest uh i am drinking uh i know one of steve's favorites which is the uh helles schlenkerla lagavulin in can if you can see cool. that look at that um this is their smoked helles lager beer or uh more specifically i think uh this is the one we talked about in the past where they're actually re-pitching from their um smoked merzen so it's a helles that's getting quite a bit of like phenolic character over and smoke character from um from the yeast from re-pitching the yeast from a mm-hmm. from a smokier beer um there actually is a lot of verbiage on the back of this can uh boiled in the same copper kettles oh here we go we'll read it because we talked about this before Hellish Schlenkerla Lager is brewed with fine Bavarian aroma hops and lagered in the 14th century beer cellars underneath the Schlenkerla Brewery and Maltings. I guess Malt House is what they mean by that. It is boiled in the same copper kettles and bottom fermented by the same yeast as the classic Schlenkerla Rackbier. Its subtle smokiness hence makes this Schlenkerla style... Uh, unique, a unique representative of the traditional German lager beer type Hellas. So, yeah, I think that kind of settles it. They use the yeast and put it in the same system, but no smoked malt. I think that's kind of <laughs> what they were trying to communicate yeah. there, but always a tasty one and, f- and pretty darn fresh. And this can's fucking sick. It's like printed on. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Where'd you pick that one up? I got this at uh, a liquor store in beautiful... Oh, I should mention this. Jeez Louise. Uh, I actually, on Friday the 13th, which was this past Friday, I had uh, I had to go spend some time with one of our wholesalers in beautiful New Jersey. Went out there to do a training and hang out with some folks. Uh, of course, wore my my uh, Friday the 13th Jason socks, uh, even my, my uh, Camp Crystal Lake shirt. I actually completely unplanned, we ended up in Voorhees, New Jersey, on Friday the thirteenth. Oh, fun. that's fucking dope. yeah! Isn't that wild? <laughs> I didn't even know Voorhees was a place. And the guy, like, he was like, "Oh, we're meeting at this place, whatever." After we went to distributor, we we're going to go to these couple like liquor stores or whatever. Sends it to me. He's like, "Oh, this is over in Voorhees." I was like, "Really?" Like, I immediately googled. I was like, "Oh, that's a town." I didn't know. I didn't that's know funny. that that was named after a town, in New Jersey. But I was actually in Voorhees, New Jersey, on Friday the thirteenth. Which was, did they uh, do anything special, or was there any? I saw sort nothing. Of... I went oh. to a we went to a Firkin festival, which we we took a a, a Firkin of our uh, Mybach, mm-hmm. and it was super fun. Got to hang out with like a bunch of cool people, a bunch of brewers from all over Philly. At this, um, it was a. Uh, 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 Broken Goblet Brewing Company hosted it, and it okay. was called um, Friday the Furkinteenth. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, sweet. So like I said, I wore my my Friday 13th shirt, socks, the whole thing. No one else, like literally no one else wearing anything <laughs> Friday the 13th. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I'm the only so one So you're telling me they didn't, they didn't have a two-for-one Jason Burger sale? That's what I was saying. Something. <laughs> somebody at least have a freaking $5 CVS fucking hockey mask on. Something. No, it was a very fun event, though. Uh, but yeah, it was not necessarily uh, very, uh, you know, Friday the 13th movie franchise 
themed, but uh, it was really fucking fun. It had some awesome, some awesome cask beers and 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 uh, you know gravity fed lager beers, and yeah, it was really it was it was cool. That's great. Yep. Except for the lack of like Jason masks and stuff I know, like that. that yeah, you think you should have had? We should just get some that are we like paint kind of branded for us, and then you just always have them on you, mm-hmm. and then you just start handing them out to people randomly. Oh, I like, did actually. Um, they, they had a really cool concert venue there, and they had these this big like um, pillar that had all these stickers all over it, and I did have. Um, my coworker, who's who's ta- more much taller and more athletic than me, uh, jump up and put the the Halloween is Forever sticker at the very tippy top above all the other stickers. <laughs> um, so it has now been been graffitied with Halloween is Forever. So we left our mark yeah. in some capacity, branded for the top. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we are switching places this week, uh, Brian. Last week I drank a smoked Hellas. Mm-hmm. And you drank an old beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this week you're drinking a smoke, Ellis, and I'm drinking an old beer. Yeah. And not, not old in a good way. Not old in, a, in an old money tickers type of way. No. In a, this beer is past its prime kind of way, it sounds like. Well, kind of. I think I'm coming right on the uh, on the wire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is this is uh, Bell's Wild Spruce Chase, mm-hmm. which is a spruce tip IPA. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, looking at the code, it says it was packaged it, on October 15th, mm-hmm. but it has a shelf life of six months. Mm. So d- just just past. Yeah, because it's, it's like seven months later now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's still fine. It's not, you know, it's not gross. It's just, eh, it's not an ideal. old IPA. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's the IPA. They don't age terribly gracefully so it is what it is i grabbed a uh, a four pack of uh uh well actually a couple different four four packs of wiseacre beer when i was out in new jersey because we don't get uh not wiseacre i'm sorry uh half acre from chicago mm, okay. out here but they do oh, get cool. d- get it out in like philly new jersey market and stuff like that so i grabbed a couple of them and i grabbed a four pack of bodum which is a great ipa uh, that they have and uh, it was regrettably not in great condition and again like I said it's, I don't think it's the beer's fault I think it was just uh, yeah somebody wasn't rotating their stock or not storing it particularly well but always disappointing uh, especially when you look at it and you're like oh this beer's pretty fresh by the code date and then you taste it and you're like ah somebody fucked this beer up <laughs> um, somebody somebody left it in a fucking unrefrigerated truck on a dock somewhere for nine hours I um, feel like one of the times I imagine you uh, Brian like going ape shit on someone it'll be mm for that exact situation it'll be you yelling at a wholesaler Mm -hmm. that's how that's how you're gonna lose it one day i have done that on multiple occasions i've gotten to screaming matches with wholesalers um you know it happens it's uh (laughs) it's you know emotions run hot when you're talking about uh tasty lager beer and you fuck it up and get all mad at you um (laughs) oh i thought you guys would appreciate this i ordered a couple of uh patches for various hats and things via Etsy. And this has become like my new favorite thing to do on Etsy is when I buy things like all like the thing, the reason I love to is people throw in like all these little extras and stuff. But I bought this, this patch for one of my hats. Um, I don't know if you could see it, but it's just got like an old, camcorder on it it says mm-hmm. i'll be watching you but with this oh and i also i also bought this little pin and it's just like a pin that's got a bunch of like you know like 
schlocky VHS tape stuff on it. Mm -hmm. And then they threw in all this other stuff, one of which was this little tiny Be Kind Rewind pin. And then a couple of old trading cards. One of them is a uh, a band trading cards for rock cards from <laughs> 1991 and it is a anthrax frank bellow card <laughs> wow <laughs> look at that that's awesome look at this fucking picture on the back which is sick it's like mint condition it's brand new and then the other one even better it's the scene from Gremlins 2 with Leonard Moulton. Of course. Oh, <laughs> a Gremlins 2, so the new him. batch card. Yeah, I was like, geez, somebody's, somebody's been creeping on my Instagram or something. Sending I feel like cool that'll stuff. be one of the things that has a full-blown resurgence is just cards. I already obviously know it is coming back like between oh, yeah. like my niece and nephew, but also just seeing like, you know, the what are those Garbage Pail Kids cards and shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. actually, I saw that Avery was on. They did one of those and they did like a Brewer's version. Like oh. Brewer's Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, um, that's fun. Omnipolo did one too. Or is that the same one? I'm not sure. Maybe. They, yeah. I mean, they had a bunch of different Brewers, but I didn't look and see who all was on it. Yeah, I, I saw the I saw the Omnipolo one. So, yeah. At some point, we need to watch the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Um, it's not horror, but it is horrifying. Um, and uh, it's gross it's really gross i have no idea what it is uh it's a bunch of like little people in like giant paper mache heads it's like it's fucking insane oh so it's it's not a cartoon no no it's live action oh it would have made more sense for it to be cartoon but no it's a live action (laughs) i could see it being good claymation too yeah oh that would be fucking great no it's not any of those good things oh my god it's only bad things um but it is it is fucking wild. We should do that at some point. Um, in any case, maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll start. Steve and I were talking about this a while ago. Even is like occasionally, maybe it's a once a month, once every other month thing. We take a non horror movie and we just throw mm-hmm. it in there, like a horror adjacent mm. movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you were talking about what was the what? There was an action movie, Steve. You were talking about how you wanted to watch. Oh, we talked uh, about a bunch because we yeah. were talking about doing Bloodsport. We were talking about doing Punisher. Oh, yeah, we were talking yeah. about doing um, oh Death Race. Know. Death race. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. We talked but, about doing a bunch. So, yeah, maybe we need to uh, institute that at some point. But in any case, that's what we're not talking about today. The movie we're talking about today is full on motherfucking horror. <laughs> um, it is, uh, like I said, the sadness from 2021 recently released as a, uh, a, a shutter original. Um, I'll do this because this movie is a lot of things, I would say. Um, And in my experience or like in my first time watch, like just watched it this morning. um, Well executed pretty much across the board. Like it's a tough movie at point at parts, but ridiculously entertaining, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely is you like kind of have to wrap your head around what the hell's going on a little bit. And like, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But, um, it, yeah, I tried it, to, I was going to say, yeah, I tried to read a few reviews and one of them I thought was interesting that like, even they just like watching it a few times, but also maybe just getting like a background on what's going on in like local politics and saying that you might actually have a little bit more success seeing different things. If you kind of already have that understanding of what's going on too, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it definitely was, uh, a, a, a searing social commentary, uh, I would say. Um, but it is a Taiwanese, uh, horror flick, 
uh, from 2021, but it is directed by a, um, a Canadian, actually, in his mm-hmm. very first feature-length directorial debut. And I'm not even 100% try to say his last name, but his name is Rob, uh, I would say, Yabaz or Jabaz. Yeah. 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 J-A-B-B-A-Z. We'll just call him Robbie for this for yeah. the for this episode. Yeah, uh, but more boy howdy as a as an original or as a as a kickoff to his feature length directorial career. Uh, heck of a heck of a kickoff here. Um, I'll read the IMDb um, real, very brief synopsis here. A young couple trying to reunite amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into deranged, bloodthirsty sadists. Um, so at the beginning, they do a great job of really, and I knew nothing about this movie going in. I just knew it was wild. That's all I heard. Um, but in the first, and it's it's fast paced. It starts fast. I mean, it's you know, it, it, there's a little bit of a setup, good amount of character development, but like no shit hits the band yeah. pretty early on. Um, and you think it is a 28 days later type you know, zombie rage virus type zombies. Right. But there's a lot more to it than that. Um, and, and, and you kind of get little bits and pieces of it for the first part of the movie, like kind of slid your direction. And then you, you know, by halfway through, you kind of fully understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's very, there's a lot of very clearly, you know, coronavirus uh, uh, themes here with all the like political discourse and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, accusing, you know, bipartisan politics, accusing the other side of fear mongering. And you know what I mean? It's all that sort of stuff. It was very, very on the surface. Um, but like I said, then it, it goes into like this pretty like searing social commentary which we'll talk about in a second but i don't know what was your first impressions of the movie do you guys did you know anything about it going in were you surprised were you pleased not pleased what what was your like initial reaction i was pretty happy with it it's definitely a take no prisoners uh film in a way yeah and uh the probably the most impressive thing is all of the practical effects that Holy you get shit mm-hmm. yeah really really good practical effects yeah. And 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 like you said, mean movie yeah. <laughs> takes no prison, pulls no punches uh, yeah. at all. So, yeah, when um, we were first talking about doing this one, I was like, well, this is coming out a date earlier than Friday the 13th because there was a lot of really interesting stuff dropping that week. But I kind of like passively watched it that day, just kind of like not fully paying attention. So that the things I caught, I was like this is insane. This is like intense. And like, it's, you know, things that you might have seen hinted in other movies, but it's still like, I felt like was a really unique take on the idea of like a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. And then rewatching it today for the, for this episode, I was just like, this is crazier than I thought. Like, I just like, I don't know. I, I I felt anxious throughout it. Like Mm -hmm. after rewatching it, just because when, like we'll probably go through a lot of like the different kills because there I think there was a lot of interesting things they did instead of like a quick jump it's like no it's just it never ended in these scenes it was so intense I was like yeah they really I, I as much as I was like oh my god this is ter- like traumatizing I felt like it was really well done yeah, yeah. so uh, the little bit of research I did after watching it I I read that the director based this movie a lot of it on a comic book mm. called crossed mm-hmm. 
And the comic book was written by Garth Ennis, who created The Boys. Yep. And then also Alan Moore wrote some issues as well. So like two two big really names. big names. Yeah. yeah, big names in the comic world, but also that kind of really explains like where a lot of this violence comes from because mm-hmm. Garth Ennis is like pull no punches as well. He, you know, if you've ever watched The Boys, that shit is over the top. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I did know it was based loosely on a comic book, but I never heard of it and didn't know anything about it. And I didn't go any deeper. But yeah, I did not did not know there were two like, you know, big names. Legends. Yeah. Legends. Juggernauts, <laughs> I was going to say. Of, like, yeah. if, and I, I, I love comics. And I was much more into them, you know, some years back. But if I know who they are, that like they probably are right. big, big deals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the other thing that I really liked about this movie, because it had all the like insane graphic violence and disturbing violence and all this stuff, but also like there were genuinely creepy parts too, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. tense, spooky kind of almost parts. Like early in the movie where you see the first um, image of the the old woman who later dumps uh, flaming hot uh, french fry grease on mm-hmm. the guy's face and rips his face <laughs> off. Like, her standing on the other like uh, uh, rooftop when he's looking at her from the balcony, it was like a really genuinely creepy kind of scene, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it seemed very familiar to me. And I couldn't place what movie that felt like it was kind of a, an homage to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say, at, like my first thing was like, oh, it's like the... Um, it was like a, the happening or some sort of M. Night shyamalan type of scene. Mm-hmm. At first, it kind of felt like that. But I feel like there's something else that I'm connecting that scene to. And I have not been. I've been thinking just, about it all afternoon and I can't. I just rewatched it. it Follows and it kind of reminded me of that. Oh, a little bit, I but could like, see that. Like we stand on the roof and they yeah, drive away. But it's not. But I know that's not, probably not what you're thinking. But no, it there's kind something of had that else. You know, that's a better that's a better comparison than what I had in my head. But I know there's something else that I'm missing. And yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's just got to be like another zombie movie. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Where like it's it's the first encounter with a zombie that, you know, that's what I kept thinking of. But it just yeah, it, was, it still was effective that way. Yeah. The thing it's like someone just like looking out and seeing someone. St- maybe it is it follows maybe you're right i don't i don't know but i i like when i saw that it just seemed you almost got like deja vu you know what i mean when mm-hmm. i saw that scene but i was uh, really intrigued by it just like visually stimulating this movie was and i mm. did look up i was like trying to find out what like the cinematographer's like background was and he hasn't done a lot of stuff either and i don't want to butcher his name but it's maybe like Jai Lee Bai or something um but yeah mm. even him this is one of his first features as well there might be one other one um but I, I thought he did great as well. It's uh, like the cinematography I thought was awesome. The um, the special effects were obviously awesome. Even the ones that were C- even the CGI ones mm-hmm. I thought were were. I'm gonna say, I, I don't know why I want to say tastefully done, but I mean I guess like the CGI was peppered in in a way that was complimentary. I feel like mm. right. It was yeah. It wasn't such like that it stuck out like when you see action films and the bullets blood sprays yeah come up instead of using squibs. Mm. I think they did a really good job of marrying practical effects and then sweetening them with you know visual effects mm-hmm. and CGI as needed. And then if you know if something just didn't work. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to tell, you know, where it didn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and most of this movie is in broad daylight, which is mm-hmm. also impressive uh, mm-hmm. with this stuff. Or, I mean, some instances like the train, it's 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 dim, 
dimly lit, but like this right. stuff all happens, you know, during the day. So you do get a lot of, you know, plenty of stuff in broad daylight, although some of the most like kind of violent scenes happen indoors or underground or that sort of thing. But, um, right. but yeah, to your you, point too, Brian, where you talked about how this like just had some like, like kind of even just like scary moments. I feel like even they did a good job. Like I'm specifically thinking about the eye fucking scene, which we can probably talk about later. It's like, I feel like it left a lot to be like, I scared myself because I was imagining. I was, yeah. yeah, I was like, playing it all through my head yeah i'm yep. still not over it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah molly uh boy ay, ay, ay. um <laughs> yeah so um uh, you know early on they they did a lot of like um i and i think this was i i, I would have to say by design um they did a lot of classic uh tension building zombie things you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they really lured you into this idea that this is just a, a an infection movie. A, yeah, like I said, a 28 Days Later, even a, you know, uh, I mean, there were times when he was going through, um, you know, when they woke up in the morning and then, you know, his, uh, uh, so the two main characters are, are Jim and Kat, who are the, the, the kind of um, couple. Um, and Kat goes off to work, Jim drops her off, you know, there's some like conflict, little bit of conflict between them, but it's, you know, cutesy boyfriend, girlfriend stuff, whatever. Um, and then he's just kind of going around and, and, you know, they're seeing these little like hints and indications that shit is going awry, Mm -hmm. but they're not really either noticing it or putting two and two together. And it reminded me of Shaun of the Dead in a lot of ways, like where they wake up hungover and he goes over to get like the ice cream, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? In the morning and and a a Pepsi or a Coke or whatever. Um, So it just uh, obviously not played for laughs, but it just reminded me of that. So there were a lot of like early in a zombie movie tropes, Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that you were, you, you felt like you knew what was happening, but the characters did not. So you were ahead of the characters in that way. But then it turns out you didn't fully understand what was happening either. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. But I also think even think to that is that I also felt like it allowed for, because of how new it was, this movie is, is that I felt like it allowed you to relate at all because mm-hmm. how many times are we seeing shit being bombarded, you know, about the pandemic or what we did. And it kind of was like, yeah, well, they've they clearly had already been through a pandemic and this is in theory supposed to be the tail end of it. So now it's just mutating and something crazier is happening. So I feel like that apathy, I think, was just like a relatable thing as well. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like definitely played on people's pandemic experience oh yeah for sure yeah it was like also the the thing that i thought and and obviously we're going to get deep into spoilers so probably uh you know heavy heavy spoiler alerts here we're going to talk about everything about this movie but the one thing i really liked about it is like like i said you just thought it was going to be a rage zombie thing then you started to understand that that the infected were like incredibly like gleeful and like sadistic in what Mm -hmm. they were doing and then you were like, oh, okay, that's that's the hook here. That's the evolution. You know, if 28 Days Later did the fast-moving zombies, now this is fast-moving zombies that are, like, kind of self-aware and like what they're doing. It's not just mm-hmm. all, you know, baseline survival instincts. This is, like, organized zombies who have more wherewithal and are like sadistic. Mm-hmm. But then you realize that it's actually even more than that. It's like, it's it basically takes their human nature and ratchets it 
up to a thousand and just takes the and just makes everything a hundred percent, you know, classic ego focused where it's just fuck, eat, kill. Like that's all they care right. about. You know what I mean? Right. Um, in the most like lizard brain sense of the word. Um, so yeah, it just kind of keeps evolving a couple of times past what you think. You think you got a handle on it. You think you go, mm -hmm. oh, I've seen a lot of horror movies. Ah, okay, I get what they're doing here. Oh, wait, oh, okay, now I get what they're doing. Oh shit, yeah, they're doing some, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, there was layers of the onion that you could keep peeling away. Mm -hmm. And I think just early on as we were still like learning, like, okay, how is this spreading or what's going on? Or how do we, how are we going to know when something's about to fucking go down? And mm -hmm. it's even just like subtle things. Like we started seeing like the teardrop thing happen. Yeah. And even just that you're like, well, okay, well, I'm uh, going to prepare my butt for um, some blood right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, go, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that it was interesting. I don't know if we should give away just like right now though, like the actual reason why, like their explanation of all this, cause you kind of started alluding to it, but mm -hmm. it might uh, like help us talk about all these yeah, things. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. yeah. So like basically you learn it towards the end when, um, cat eventually meets, he was like one of the scientists behind all of this. And he basically described it. Exactly. What you're saying is that this virus affects or has mutated to affect the, um, limbic nervous system. And basically that is something that it controls your aggression. And what was it? It was like controls your like sexual nature or something mm -hmm. and how that they're so combined. So basically exactly what you said, this, basically if someone gets infected it's like triggering every like sexual aggressive like crazy um like intuition yeah. yeah like intention that someone like can have your desire to inflict pain on people and most yeah mostly in a sexual manner Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's I think that's like learning that exact reason because like I said you start you get different ideas you're like you you watch them fucking someone on the street you watch them like ripping someone's face apart and you're like what like what this isn't what we normally see for a typical zombie i mean yeah. well maybe the ripping they're, off the they're face. usually like emotionless and just either rage filled or just want to eat and in this case they want to inflict pain and suffering Absolutely. um so it's like they're almost like mo it's weird because in a way it's like they're not you know, other zombies like dehumanize the people or even like thinking about the walking dead, like, you know, they're like, oh, you got it. You know, that, that old zombie trope of you got to put a bullet in your friend's brain because it's not your friend anymore. It's a zombie. Mm -hmm. This is like, oh, they're that person still. They're actually they're not less human. They're actually kind of more human, but mm -hmm. in the most extreme instinctual sense. And they do a really good job of, and we'll talk about some specific instances where there are people who you get a taste of who they are before they get infected. And, mm -hmm. and it gives foreshadowing about just how fucking awful they're going to be when their true deep seated human nature driven intentions come out, you know? Yeah. Can I ask you guys something, how you guys interpreted this? So, um, like, you know, talking about like spreading diseases, you're like, okay, how is this whole thing spreading? Like, is there a liquid? Is it in the air? Okay. Um, when we start getting into like some of the meat of it, did you feel like, so their their physical alterations are obviously their eyes mm -hmm. and we start seeing liquid but it almost looked like at one point that like the one guy like um came 
out of his eyeballs like he had literal <laughs> semen on his face it did seem like yeah i was confused by that because it did kind of seem like that but then in other people there was all this puffiness around the eyes and it looked like some sort of like anaphylactic reaction yeah they you just know? needed to bust I, the load yeah I, so <laughs> I think I don't. I think Meg, you're this- suggesting their faces full of cum. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, okay, it's possible. It's possible. Somebody just came in that dude's face. That's true. He was fucking someone because, else, though. In that yeah, scene. But, yeah, well, but yeah, but I mean, this is after he was infected. Yeah. Cause, okay, I got Because the way the way it is spread, and we see it in the in the diner, mm-hmm. that old woman shows up again, and then she barfs in another guy's face mm-hmm. and she throws up like that that gross like it's it's like they a deep curds. yellow yeah, yeah it's like a were, deep they... yellow cheese curd <laughs> yeah. and she throws it up in the dude's face why would you and bring that up he... i don't know i just really wanted to say the grossest thing ever yeah <laughs> and then uh he uh he turns from that like pretty mm-hmm. squ- damn quick yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like that that's one of the ways to quickly spread it is through uh, is is through bodily fluid, right. and that like that happens later in the film too, in a scene that you already mentioned, Meg. But mm-hmm. correct, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it's it, it. There's definitely some like swelling of the sinuses that kind of happens, and then they, you know, usually tears come like their tear ducts like open up or something, and then mm-hmm. later on that guy suggests that it's like at some point in there. Uh, I, I think it was a really good touch, but I wish they would have just left it alone for you to decide rather than having the guy try to explain it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll get there, but um, yeah, because it doesn't. His explanation doesn't fully line up with everything that we saw. Yeah, and, before and, that as well. And he's so. an unreliable narrator a little bit too, mm-hmm. so I get it. But I don't know that 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 was, and we'll get to it. But that was the only part. His like big ex almost exposition dump a little bit was the only part that I was like, ah, come on. Didn't need to do that. It it just, I mean, it just dragged too long and everything. But yeah, like uh, common symptoms are like heavy sweating, Mm -hmm. fully dilated eyes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get like leakiness. People are just leaking. (laughs) I have all those symptoms. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Sweaty. Dilated pupils. (laughs) Leaking. Leakage. I have all those things. So after that scene where like uh, Jim is the main character, he's in the diner and he sees like this whole thing go down. He runs back to his home. And I think that's. I think that was probably the most effective scene for me mm. as far as just like full on creep factor is like mm. he's in his house. He doesn't know what's going on. And like, he's just flipping through the channels and everything is the warning system. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's an emergency and then he turns on that creepy cartoon. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. the cartoons playing in the background. And then did, did you know when, anything more about that? I didn't know anything more about that oh, cartoon. Okay. I think it was, just made specifically for that uh, that movie because mm. yeah. it was it, it like even though it was made to look older it was definitely just because it was a panoramic you know it, it, the animation wasn't you know it was made to look older but it was definitely from yeah. our mm-hmm. age um but yeah he's on the phone he's trying to like you know the cartoons playing in the background and then the guy comes over the loudspeaker yeah, mm-hmm. and just like the way that announcement evolves 
from something that seems like oh you know, we're in an emergency to right. oh the emergency system is also in trouble because mm-hmm. that guy just like starts spouting off about cutting people's dicks off and women oh, being yeah. fucked by dogs yeah and then just you get the maniacal laughter yeah and it's like we don't get enough maniacal laughter <laughs> yeah yeah a good i love a good maniacal laugh i yeah. don't know it about that too because i felt like because that laughter like kept going for a while mm-hmm. and i felt like that creeped me out quite a bit i don't know that yeah the gleeful look on their faces i kind of wish they wouldn't have done the black eyes thing personally i mm-hmm. thought like it would have been more effective if it was if the appearance difference was a little bit more subtle mm. not subtle like but if it was more behavioral and less like I just wish there wasn't a big physical marker like that. Like they could just look puffy faced, but otherwise look fairly human and then just have that crazy maniacal smile that they all had. Like that alone is creepy enough. I I felt like the black eyes were maybe a little bit overkill. It didn't take me out of it. It didn't really bother me. But if I'm nitpicking, I I feel like maybe it was it because then it just reminded me a little bit too much of Train to Busan. Okay. Yeah. I see. I liked it because I thought like, like the reason why the eyes were black was just because they're fully dilated, and like that's what like you know what that's what predatory uh, animals do. That's a good point. Because like because like predatory animals, their eyes fully dilate so they can take in everything around them and then yeah. you know attack. Yeah. So it's like they're just in constant attack mode. Yeah. No, so, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the maybe the most effective scene for me was the train scene um, mm-hmm. because it goes from tense to more tense to oh f- to like creepy to like oh my god terrifying where like um, the, on the on the train ride you know just just quick high level what happens is um uh cat is on the train in the morning and it's like a commuter train everyone's going to work and this weird old fucking incel guy who looks to be about 30 years older than mm-hmm. her essentially like tries to in a very creepy way like profess his love for her but mm-hmm. in like a like in a like i see you all the time and i s- decided today is the day i'm going to tell you you're beautiful or something and then she's like okay thanks and then he obviously didn't get the reaction he wanted so then he started like lashing out at her it was just like this very classic incel mentality yeah um (laughs) and then he ultimately turns into like the big bad of the movie essentially um when he becomes infected and it's like the creepiest part was like you could see it like shows how his like polluted mind was already dangerous you know what i mean right Mm -hmm. like even before he got infected because he was like this weird fucking you know misogynistic incel dickweed who like thought you know he didn't get the reaction he wanted from telling a woman half his age that she was beautiful or something and then tried to blame it on society and talk about how it wasn't you know like she was in the wrong you know what i mean so it was this super toxic masculinity thing so he was capable of horrible things even before he got infected you know what i mean yeah he already had his ego going when he was just thinking already it's like well i'm a man and she's a woman and if i tell her that i have like her even though we've never spoken before in our lives that somehow Mm -hmm. she will respond the way i want her to respond you know what i mean Uh, yeah yeah so it it was a great triggering it was a great uh 
that was the kind of social commentary that I saw, like not even the really political charge stuff, but this whole idea of like, just like really toxic interpersonal relationships and that's and, like a and normal attitudes. Thing. I feel like what I liked about that and kind of what you're talking about is that I feel like that sh- it was just showcasing like the normality of it, like adding yeah. that to showcase like what kind of people can exist. I'm like, I've experienced a similar situation in my past and I'm like, no, oh, yeah. so that's so fucking normal. And I know so many people probably have as well. So, oh yeah, yeah. That, that probably happens on fucking every train in the country once a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it goes, it evolves from that like un- really uncomfortable thing to a guy who you see with sunglasses on and you don't see his eyes are black, but you see the tears coming down. You're like, mm-hmm. oh shit. And the just absolute brutality of him just going on a stabbing rampage in the mm-hmm. train and the confusion and terror of him just stabbing everyone on the train was fucking wild. There was one little part where like he stabs a guy in the neck and there's like a borderline blood volcano that happens. <laughs> like that that was a little over the top. I mean, I've never seen someone <laughs> stabbed in the side of the neck, so I don't know exactly how much blood's going to spray out of yeah. there, but it was a little bit veratical level PSI yeah. coming out not, of his neck. Not even that was that was Nightmare on Elm Street Johnny Depp's bed. It was explosion. it was so in- it was an intense and it wasn't even the the the, the power it came out. It was the volume of blood yeah. mm-hmm. it's like all the blood in his body simultaneously exploded <laughs> upwards to the ceiling of the train right. like i don't think you can get people to do that and even if they're in a centrifuge <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was intense it was it, it it took me out of the scene a little bit it was still an incredible scene but I, if they would have took that one over the top blood explosion out mm-hmm. uh, it would have been way more effective i yeah. the scene that happened right after that where it, oh, it like panned out and you just kind of was like checking the scene i thought but it was it was very quick but i felt like i kept looking at it i was like that that scene right there is perfect i was like it's so bloody Mm -hmm. everywhere and he's just kind of like an animal on the prowl it's Mm -hmm. fucking insane Yeah. yeah yeah with a smirk and this is when the when the the creeper incel businessman which i think i looked on imdb is just called businessman yeah um Mm -hmm. he uh uh this is when he becomes infected obviously at at this Mm -hmm. point but cat escapes with uh another woman named molly who um has has an uh sustained an eye injury by the Uh, businessman yes um well do you see how that happens yeah he 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 jams her oh oh, with the with the freaking umbrella right yeah 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 yeah. you did you do see that um but she escapes and and overall i thought the performances were just fucking great and the one Mm -hmm. thing that really just a bunch of little things stuck out at me you know aside from like the dialogue and all that sort of stuff because oh we should say this was um uh i watched it with subtitles i assume that's that's what you guys did as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. it was in uh oh my goodness what what language is it in it's in uh mandarin mandarin yeah i, I always want to yeah um mandarin chinese what i was gonna say was way more embarrassing i could not get the word szechuan out of my mind which <laughs> oh. szechuan is like a specific chinese cuisine <laughs> i think they do speak mandarin primarily in the szechuan province but <laughs> with Szechuan, and I'm like, I'm hungry. Um, any case, yes, they speak they Man. speak Mandarin. Um, so now I don't want to trick and Morty because that was the last reference <laughs> the to Szechuan that. Sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so it's weird because I think I do give because you don't get the full the real true representation of like the line deliveries when you don't speak that language 
fluently, I think, or at least for me, you know, I, I always have questions where I'm like, if it's not my a language that I speak, which I only speak one language, um, but if, if, if I don't speak that language, I feel like I give it a lot more leeway and just say like, oh, the performances seemed, seemed good because the physicality of them and stuff, but you don't really get the true nature of the line delivery, I guess. But overall, I thought it was great. The physicality of the, deli- of the performances I, I really loved. And I, I noted one thing where Kate is helping Molly and they get into the hospital and they're running down the hallway and it's not a, it's not a stunt or anything. It's them two running and Molly's like leaning on Kat's shoulder and they just like both simultaneously fall and eat shit in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, that was like a hard fall they both took. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. They just were all in on the performances. Was that when they ran into that dude who was just like, what are you blind? And he's like, oh God, you are blind. Uh, oh, that was, was that after that, that. Cause that was in the, oh, okay. that was when they were still in the subway. Yeah. But that was a pretty crazy scene where uh, the businessman bites his nose off. Uh, we kind of jumped through that, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it like it's it's almost I don't want to say mundane, but like you know the the nose biting scene is would be super effective in like any other film, yeah. But it is just kind of you know like ho hum hum drum. It's, n- it's not in the top one hundred most horrible things you see in this movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, okay, some dude got his nose bit off. Yeah, what else? Yeah. Every scene, <laughs> ten worse things are happening. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, um th- what did you guys think about? Because I think this might be the one negative that sticks out to me. But like, what did you think about the differences between like Cat's story and Jim's story? Because I, I felt like Kat's story was pretty, like, I thought that was the stronger story. Oh, 100%. When we're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Jim just sort of seems to be meandering from scene to scene. Yeah. And it's just like, here's a scene of something terrible. Yeah. I almost think, though, that there it could have benefited from, because clearly he, like, wanted to find her, but mm-hmm. there was no point to where he was going. Because I had that thought, because I was like, maybe he if they would have established that like, Oh, if anything were to happen, we go like where they ended up actually talking on the phone, like whatever building he was at, I'm not remembering exactly, but it was Mm -hmm. like away from town. Like there was nothing established there. So I, I did, I did like, it felt loose, but it also just felt like maybe it was like exaggerating, like both of their personalities a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. if he, you know, he's a, flight type person and she kind of like stayed she was terrified and scared but really fought through it yeah that's what that's why i was like i i agree it it felt ambiguous a little bit ultimately i landed on the idea of it was meant to just kind of go against your expectations instead of like the 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 man because there was a lot of themes of misogyny and toxic masculinity like in the movie and Mm -hmm. i feel like he it was one of those things where like the whole time you're waiting for the the boyfriend to come save the day and ultimately Mm -hmm. he he's not there he never does it he never carries through with what he says he got there but he did kind of the bare minimum like not bare minimum he got there but he missed the point. He just showed up, but he had already been infected. You know it what I mean? Kinda, well, even like what you're saying has made me think about like, like thinking through that a little bit further is that it almost created this like hopelessness though throughout the movie. It's like mm-hmm. no matter what, no one can fucking save you as much as well, like, that's what mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it's all, it's always going to be on you. Don't depend on other people. Like that almost seemed like one of the, the messages um, or you, like no one can ultimately be trusted or something. I don't, I don't know exactly. Like I said, it was a little ambiguous, but even mm-hmm. earlier on 
you know, you get you get the character development early that that Jim is kind of a flake. Yeah, the you only know what I mean? th- yeah, the only thing because I mean we don't know if he has a job or not either. I don't think I remember hearing yeah, that. Well, he that was the early dialogue was yeah. Oh, yeah, they got that job. He, he yeah. had a job, she had planned and a you know, and he seemed like the kind of I don't say freeloader, but he was kind of like the 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 boyfriend who just like hung around the apartment all day while she worked. She's, and, oh, we had I've had a couple of those. He's a freelancer. <laughs> he is a freelancer, and I don't care for this bad mouthing. Yeah, he he said he had a small client Steve, list that he was trying right to now? build. Steve is very He's triggered. Trying his best to build his client list, and this was an opportunity for him with a German ad marketing campaign that would have opened a lot of doors. Steve for felt him. seen. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's feeling very seen right now. He's empathizing with Jim. But I will um, say though that with Jim's storyline though, he we got the better kills and the more interesting shit happening. I feel like even on his side, I would put mm. it. You know. Yeah, yeah. All, all, a lot of crazy stuff happens in his story, but it doesn't serve a lot for his, for his character or the story. No, it just sees the outside. It's helped us to see the disaster from two different perspectives, at mm. least of like she is on the the inside, how it, how it's affecting the professional world and the urban environment, mm-hmm. whereas he is like not that he's in a rural environment, but at one point he is. But yeah. he's like he's on the outskirts of the city and kind of seeing how it's affecting people at home. You know what I mean? So like it, it did help us to see two different perspectives of, of the disaster. But yeah, it felt like the two storylines should have been more intertwined. Mm-hmm. More intertwined or just like because the, the whole thing you're waiting for Jim to you're waiting for a cat to get in contact with Jim. Yeah. But like Jim has nothing driving him other than escape. He's right. just going from scene to scene, and then like he shows up at a scene, something happens, he escapes the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if there was something that like pushed him in a direction, yeah. like he was constantly pursued by somebody, mm-hmm. or 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 like he was trying to find a way to charge his phone mm-hmm. so he could get the call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just something like that. He never had anything to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. His thing was show up. Assess the scene, yeah. see if he could do something, then leave the scene. Yeah, he was. I I think, and maybe maybe I'm being pessimistic. Maybe it was like he was the he was the embodiment of like driving towards a cause f- because of loyalty and selflessness. Because like he he was. <sighs> The only reason I say this is the scene where he went out. It's actually the scene where he finds the machete and he is trying to go through the the uh, maybe I'm reading into this too much, but he's trying to go through the tunnel and the tunnels blocked with like a million car pile up, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he looks up the mountain and you could have took that as he can't go over the mountain. It's too big. Or he could have took it as he could just escape into the woods and just say, fuck off, peace, cat. I'm going to mm-hmm. go hide mm-hmm. in the woods till this is all over. But he instead decides to intentionally put himself in harm's way and ultimately die. Or maybe even the idea that like he does that, but he's doing it for selfish reasons. And at the end, we'll get to there's this very like weirdly emotional, almost you're like you're definitely empathetic for him 
despite the fact that he's saying terrible things because you mm-hmm. understand the nature of what he's going through. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was amb- ambiguous, but I, I guess I like I like the ambiguity a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think it was more along the lines of what Meg was saying is just like there is there's no hope for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we can we'll talk about when we get to the ending, the ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's I mean, you find out there's no hope for anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No. Um, another great scene I loved was the 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 businessman that that was a reoccurring baddie. Um, putting his tongue through the little like mail slot in the gate going yeah. I'll see you later like that was pretty fucking yeah. creepy I, yeah um, yeah I uh, so like when Kat and Molly show up at the hospital I, I like the I like the president's address that mm-hmm. the, plays on the TV <laughs> it's it, I think some of the governmental social commentary was pretty on the nose, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the whole film. And I yeah. think even, you know, the, all... even the president being short, <laughs> I like yeah. that, like having <laughs> yeah. to having to move the mics down. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's like this Napoleon kind of guy, yeah. Napoleonic mm-hmm. kind of guy. But it just like it just the whole the whole thing of just like, you know, the, obviously the government's not going to help you. But it's like, you know, can't politicize you even though every it seems like every country has done it mm-hmm. you, know, you can't politicize a disease mm-hmm. but the the one thing you really get from that uh, is a nice head explosion oh had. great head explosion yeah i was gonna say yeah. i like i liked that one a lot i thought that was good another thing you don't see in a lot of movies <laughs> well executed though i felt like um i feel like his head would have been more gone but maybe that's just in my mind yeah, it was, it was good. I was it, so good. it popped like a water balloon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Where the exterior am. of the water balloon was like somewhat intact and just, you know, I don't know. I thought it was a damn good mm-hmm. head explosion. I mean, yeah. up there with uh, with um, uh, scanners, not, well, the... scanners. And I was going to even say maniac, you know, with Tom, Savini, okay, yeah. uh, you know, with the dummy in the front seat of the car, which obviously was decades ago. But, you know, I thought it was right up there with it. It was and also you didn't think because everything was going into this very like social discourse space at this point where she was at the hospital and you had the people arguing amongst themselves and it felt like it was going to go into this like walking dead type of on the nose commentary of like we is the real monsters you know (laughs) but then but and you just thought it was going to be like they were going to go we're the government we're going to help you but they weren't. And right. then everyone just starts infighting in the hospital, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. But they also took it up to fucking 11 by the the general sticking a grenade in the president's mouth on live TV yeah. and blowing his head off. Like mm-hmm. they went, they fucking sent it. And I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you imagine the American version of this where like probably Alec Baldwin <laughs> or some way sim- similar yeah. would be portraying the president. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, man, the general puts a grenade in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is like, uh, I mean, and, and at this point they were talking about the Chinese government, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I imagine oh, yeah. this is not well received by the Chinese government. Right. That's um, why they found a Canadian director. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they, they technically, I don't know where they shot it, but obviously it's, uh, yeah. I don't know if it was in Taiwan or what, but, um, yeah, I try. I tried to look to see if it, and I think they might be trying to keep it under wraps where it was filmed because, like, mm, Canadian yeah. Canadian director, but there are a lot of references to Germany. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know the geopolitical space well enough to know the exact, uh, like everything, but I know like Ty- Taiwan is definitely always at uh, some sort of strife with the yeah, mainland China. Right. So. I wonder, there were a lot of people with Singapore ties, like, you know, the cinematographer and maybe the guy who did the music for mm-hmm. them or the person who did the music for the movie. So I wonder if even that could be, cause it's not a Chinese province. So, um, and they might've been able to get away with it there too. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah I did want to ask you, cause we're kind of at the point, uh, the guy that he, I think he works for the subway maybe who kind of like ran away from cat and Molly, but like he kind He's of like becomes, the parking lot attendant or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah. I, I, I felt like, I don't know how you guys thought about him because he kind of like annoyed the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. But I, and I was trying to figure out like what, why the fuck are we like even wasting like a few minutes on him that we are. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was two things. He was just another example of like people acting in like having the internally already having the the programming needed mm-hmm. for this type of crisis to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you see people, you know, like I said, the guy on the subway, the old incel businessman on the subway versus this guy. And like that guy was operating out of like this sense of like just pure, like, I don't know how else to say it, but like incel culture kind of Mm -hmm. like, I just, I am a man and I deserve women, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm putting myself out there so I should be reciprocated and all this shit. Whereas he was just like full on like both self-preservation but also like that internet keyboard you know mm-hmm. faux alpha chad yeah where like he's you know he's probably like super strong on the internet yeah 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 you know <laughs> <laughs> like but yeah but like, like in he person has like drawn on six pack on it I, right so like i feel like we, we've like touched on it and talking about like this instinct thing but i feel like what was interesting that i thought about sitting here that like watching people who are already going through a crisis whether we're talking about the pandemic or just that the fact that something's going on and but they're not turned yet uh, and then compare that to okay now we're in crisis because now i am turned kind of vibe i found it interesting watch like their personality shift and change like through that but that was pretty much and it was like gradual yeah no no i know you mean like it was like gradual like Mm -hmm. it was fast but it wasn't a light switch Mm-hmm. It was like a dimmer switch. It's you just know like a, I mean? yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a different type of instinct that I feel like it's turned on, which is just it was interesting. To watch that, and I think mm. maybe, and that's like maybe what I think about that guy is that I felt like he was doing things because he was fucking scared and terrified, and not justifying it, but that was his instincts were like, I'm gonna run away from this as quickly as possible. Well, he was the example. Is like so. So if the guy on the train is motivated strictly by like his kind of sexual ego mm-hmm. um, and misogyny then this guy is motivated solely by fear and self-preservation mm-hmm. even so much so as like he doesn't want to let somebody who needs help use his phone because mm-hmm. he's embarrassed she's going to see the the anime boobs on his phone or whatever <laughs> and then he also literally just lays <laughs> under the gurney and listens to you know which we haven't talked about fully but molly getting you know 
skull fucked. Oh, I don't know. That's yeah, the, that's, that's coming just up. Rant. We need yeah. to talk about that. Yeah, and he just lays there and instead of intervening because mm-hmm. he's a fucking coward or you know whatever. I mean, you could say like you know he would have died, whatever. But like he's motivated solely by his own personal best interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's I think they're just making an example out of him. Mm-hmm. By, you know, the way he just dies. He dies just unceremoniously swallowed up by the swarm. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody the, the zombie gives a shit about swarm. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's just like a pathetic dude. Yeah. And they wanted, they just wanted to criticize that kind of dude. Yeah. Some you people. Because there's a lot of them. Some people suck. Some people are just weak. Like that I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what they wanted to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Some people suck because they're malicious. Some people suck because they're weak and cowardly you know what i mean yeah right but. yeah and i i think i guess you know i i would say that there's probably a more collective uh instinct like in just asian culture in general they're way more collectivism mm-hmm. than we are we're yeah. fucking you know terminally individualistic so <laughs> yeah yeah you know, so so i think by criticizing somebody who's just weak and doesn't help and it just cowers all the time you know that's definitely just like it's even the like- fall like he tried to be like it, it even is so much so as like not just fight or flight because like i think part of that's like physiologically it's the way your brain's wired like if someone walks up and punches you in the face do you punch him back or do you run away like mm-hmm. something you don't necessarily have as much control over that mm-hmm. but i think the thing that made him really like distasteful as a character and that you were meant to hate him was the fact that he was sh- instead of helping people like mm-hmm. he just quote unquote followed orders you know what i mean like he sh- right. like he he sh- just shut the door when they were trying to escape instead of helping them and then he was like they the cops told me to you know what i mean so right. he's all he's all like not to over dramatize it even more than it is but he's the he's the 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 soldier in the concentration camp that who says oh, i was just following orders you know right. what i mean right so he's guilty because he's a coward and and just yeah. goes along right. with the the worst situation and what yeah, people yeah, are doing right. yeah so yeah, uh, I mean, and and I just to go back to the scene where Molly's getting skull fucked. Yeah, like again, he's cowering under a table, and it's uh, it's another testament to him, like letting somebody who is al- already injured and infirmed. Yeah, you know, and like he probably could have taken the businessman, or or at least distracted him and got yeah. him away from him. But no, he just. Right. Yeah, but it it was it was a total one on one situation. Yeah, it wasn't like he was hiding from a horde or anything. Mm -hmm. He was just ducking from one person. Yeah, that was, you know, not physically intimidating himself. Right. You know, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys had any more comments about that scene, too, besides like just elaborating that. Yeah, that left a lot to your imagination and was intense as fuck. And it's like the the screaming. Oh, Um, yeah. I don't know if, if anyone else. The sound design in this movie was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like it was really good. And that scene is probably the most like prime example is you don't see it happening. Right. But the sound design and the screaming and the voice acting is just like, holy shit. It makes for a very brutal scene. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though you see nothing. You see his you see his face the businessman's face though too. Yeah. I felt like, oh, like yeah, his watching yeah, yeah, the performance that in general. Pure joy of him doing that, like Yeah. yeah. But, I cringed. 
Yeah, as well, I think most people should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you if should, you don't, yeah. there may be something severely wrong with you. I don't know. Yeah, it, um, it should make you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. If somebody's like, you're just at home watching it going, nice. Like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> like you're one of the cops in uh, in the fucking first scene of uh So uh, it's Marauder. a face thing, is it? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, it's yeah, it's because he wants to face. Nice. Yeah, you might be have something. You might need to go to the doctor. Your um, killer is looking for eye holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. Picked up that picked up that pattern pretty quick. Um and then you're treated to a just good old fashioned blood orgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They, yep. Yep. Good for them. I, I'm glad they had a time. Yeah, they were having a whole time, weren't they? It <laughs> was like times, it was, it was like the shunt it was almost the ch- the shunting uh level time. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. but uh but but less um body horror and more just uh gore. Yeah, mm-hmm. just splattered in blood and fucking away. Um, yeah, you get you get a real good head smoosh um, after this. You get a several good head smooshes, not just head explosions, but head smooshes. Yeah. Um, with with Cat, you know, eventually getting her uh, her uh, revenge on on the businessman, which mm-hmm. I kind of like that they didn't leave that to the climax. You know what right. I mean? Because mm-hmm. the whole time they're building him up as this big bad. And I like that she, you know, f- fairly unceremoniously just like sprays him in the home face, like blinds him with a fire extinguisher and then just smashes his fucking head. But right. you do get an emotionally charged moment where he's like, you're the same as me. <laughs> Although I did think it was a little on the nose. Like we get it. This is all a big, you know, metaphor for the, the dark side of human nature and all mm-hmm. that. We get it. I, <laughs> I, something in me just like when he's getting his face smashed in mm-hmm. and like he's saying you're the same as me i don't know why because it's not a one-to-one analogy but i just wanted him to go so much for the tolerant left <laughs> as he's getting his face smashed in like just on the nose like he's right the, yeah he's just 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 because some, some of the or stuff he just again, like as he's doing that he just like leans back and just like puts his MAGA hat on like slowly (laughs) just because like there there are so some like just really on the nose commentaries in this which I think it makes it more appealing to a a wider audience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if this was like steeped in like Taiwanese uh, you know inner you know inner political you know conflicts we might not get it yeah (laughs) so like it does expand it to a wider audience but at the same time like yeah it just really felt like so much for the tolerant left (laughs) ah my face (laughs) yeah it's a very like and it's not even necessarily like making a, a take solely on um on you know like american politics or western mm-hmm. politics i think it's just like this it's a metaphor metaphor for just like the ugliness that happens when people resort to like this extremely nationalistic mentality you know what i mean mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. I, I i don't know um but it did at times feel very pertinent specifically to America. <laughs> yeah. And also just because like th- that's aided by the previous scene where that cowardly guy, the parking attendant is swallowed up by the swarm mm-hmm. and Molly has turned after Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like as she's killing him, as she's killing the parking attendant with the bone saw, mm-hmm. she's talking about like how she like she finally feels accepted mm-hmm. because now she just joined up with the group. Yeah, she was yeah. like, I, 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 yeah. I look, I've always had trouble. What did she say? I've always had trouble f- making friends, 
turns out I just needed the right group of people or something yeah. like that. And it's yeah, the people so, covered in blood who are using right. their blood as lube just like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, joining up with like, you know, the most depraved people. Mm-hmm. So, sure, they accept her, but also like, yeah, that doesn't make you good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was going right. to add a comment to that. I was like, when this, that like the group of people was like, they were grabbing the... um the attendant there i thought that was a really interesting scene it's just like that movement of the camera back to then see them all like to the side and then just like attack mm-hmm. him i thought they that did was that, amazing they too. did some real cool not even jump scares but just creepy surprises because mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. music sting or anything so it's not not like a, a a shitty jump scare it was like a just like yeah these panning shots um that ultimately you see like something in the background horizontally like even uh, way way earlier we talked about was like the first kind of when shit hits the fan in the diner and the old woman who he saw on the roof walks in and it's out of focus and, but you could clearly see it's her hair mm-hmm. um, you know kind of walking in behind him but mm-hmm. everything is calm and like I said there's no music sting there's just yeah I, they did a and just like I said cinematography was 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 really strong definitely good mm-hmm. um, so I think we're probably up to the point where Mo- or not Molly cat she gets saved mm-hmm. right quote by by the doctor who's yeah. like hiding in this clean room mm-hmm. like behind a with a hazmat suit and right yeah yeah and a gun yeah yeah I, this was uh, i think this is where the movie kind of drags the most I, I would that. agree. This scene could have been much, much quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, like, this is how I took it, and I could be wrong here, but, like, we keep showing these different people who are doing the wrong thing, but but they are always either by instinct or by just, like, self-delusion, they are they don't think that they're doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like you've got, like I said, guy on the train. Then you've got the little turd um, who hides under the thing. Now you've got this guy who is, he's not underprepared. In fact, he's the doomsday prepper. He's the overprepared mm-hmm. guy who has a bunker in his backyard and 750 ARs in his house. He's that guy. Yeah. And he thinks he's got a leg up on everyone and he's got everything planned out. But, even mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, he ultimately is, he thinks he's doing bad things for good reasons. Right. But ultimately, he's just as big of a piece of shit as anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah. I think the dragging of it too could aid to that we were like, oh, we were definitely walking into that hesitant to trust this person because we're like, no one's trustworthy at this point. But yeah. I, right. maybe I think there was like a part of that that like wanted us to try to trust him. Yeah, like he's a faux one, hero. This one last ditch effort to like have someone who might be a savior for this yeah. this whole movie. The and, guy who has been preparing for this for a year must know what he's doing. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It, there's just that side of it where it's just like, I feel like with having seen so many zombie movies at this point, mm-hmm. it just like I never felt trustful of yeah. that character. Yeah, he oh, felt yeah. like the he so. felt like the lieutenant or whatever from from uh, Day of the Dead, right? Yeah. yeah, or something like that. You know what I mean? His his exposition and his very long monologue and all that were like 
I, I did want like the one thing where he's like, he tries to be like all business. Like I'm a professional. I'm figuring this out. We're going to take all the necessary steps and I've planned this out. You're going to handcuff yourself to the thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to use the chemical shower to disinfect you. But even then his creepy human nature is popping out because he's watching her reflection undressing in the, right. in the reflection on the cabinet or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Yeah. Um, so like he is just no matter how put together and planned out and doomsday prepper he has become he is still susceptible to the same fucking things as mm-hmm. all these other people yeah, yeah. And, and then we see that come to life when we see these babies like when she puts her clothes into that um the trash can and she hears the babies crying yeah. and clearly he was doing tests on babies and killing them and then they were turning to zombies too yeah yep 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 uh (laughs) he did a a whole baby thing where he was in the maternity ward and there were babies and they were going to get killed he what he justified it as they were going to die anyway so he was hoping one of them would be immune so that he could use one of their blood to to you know, uh, the, because the government was coming to pick him up because he was obviously some sort of like scientist or government official or something mm-hmm. like that. So he was going to hopefully one of these babies were going to be immune so he could take them and they could use that to create um, some sort of, you know, vaccine or whatever. But all he ended up doing was just killing all the babies. Right. And he right. admitted to liking that, you know. Well, um, at the end, yeah, yeah, when when his when when the thing took over. But I couldn't take I couldn't tell if that was his. That was the virus or whatever talking and wanting mm. her to be upset, and that's right. why he said it, or whether he really was that sadistic under the surface. I don't know. Yeah, I I, th- I think it was just you know you're just saying wild shit to say wild shit, but <laughs> he's wild like, out. Yeah, he's wilding <laughs> out. That much. But is like <laughs> the whole thing with experimenting on the babies and they're gonna die and everything. We're not even 24 hours into this event. Pretty early to be like, killing babies. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it what like. Was it around lunchtime that he's just like, I better uh, try to experiment. This is a good tuna melt. I should kill this. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yeah. I, he basically, he, I feel like, was admitting that they've been to doing these tests and they've known this shit for a while. I, that's how I took that as. Like, yeah. This was not new. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I just felt like he was he had did it that day, like just a couple hours early. Maybe that knew... specific one. I mean, maybe he was also but he was becoming day. unhinged. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like the guy, the fact that he was like, so he was a guy who he talked about how he like kept his gun because of military service or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but then he's like constantly pointing it at his own head like way yeah. too much like yeah. not right. once <laughs> yeah. in a dramatic show of you know something no he's just like as he's talking he keeps pointing the gun at his own head and i'm like this first of all anyone with military training i don't think would just like flippantly be talking and pointing a gun at their own <laughs> head um and also like i don't know i i just felt like his performance was a little indulgent i would say <laughs> Like he was just chewing the fucking scenery, maybe a little bit more than any everyone else, you know. And and that's why, like the 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 turn for him doesn't really work because he's all like he has so many signifiers that he's not a good person. Yeah, you know, like like you could understand if he was like a super cautious, like you know, just weaselly scared person. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, which is why he would handcuff her and all that. But he, like, he's not. He's very like, 
in charge and then like but also not in charge because he has to be told to turn around to mm-hmm. not look at her naked but still tries to look at her naked yeah. waving the gun at his head so it's like he's never a person to be trusted so yeah like if yeah. there was a if there was a stronger turn from like just like a little terrified weasel mm-hmm. to a monster maybe that I, yeah. I think they wanted to show and maybe it got lost a little bit culture in the like kind of cultural translation because if that was if if this was an american movie i could picture who that guy would be right he would be a kind of like the the guy who's heavily armed from from tremors you know what i mean okay. uh what the hell's that actor's name Bert uh, yeah, yeah. He would be kind of like that, where like he's the take charge commando badass who's all got everything worked out. But then you learn that he, he did these terrible things, but he doesn't he thought they were justified. So it's right. like people don't most people don't think they're bad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he right. thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's doing what's best for the common good. But people, even smart, organized, capable people are always will or are always capable of deluding themselves like that cognitive dissonance is always going to be an issue no matter how put together someone seems to be. Mm hmm. Yeah. So like I maybe some of it got, I, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt maybe giving it too much leeway. But yeah he didn't. He seemed unhinged from the beginning. Yeah not good. <laughs> yeah it yeah. was great. It was it was the worst part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it just could have been quicker is all I wanted. Yeah. Sure. Honestly, if you cut it in half, we wouldn't be having this conversation probably. Right. Yeah. 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 So they basically leave there because they're trying to go to um, the roof because they know the helicopter is coming and she mm-hmm. gets reunited with Jim. But after this, is they're getting attacked by other zombies on the way. And we realize that Jim is also uh, turned, which I felt this was a really interesting. It was an interesting like, decision by like, in, in like script decision because you thought the whole time what was going to happen was they were going to reunite you were going to have this heartwarming moment and then it was kind of going to be like train to busan or something where it's like one of them has to sacrifice themselves for the other mm-hmm. like that's what i just kept thought i kept imagining it was going to be the helicopter scene and jim's getting eaten and uh and 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 cats flying away in the helicopter and he you know and uh the titanic soundtrack plays you know i i just thought it was something like that you know but- I, I i feel like that's just like a very romantic take on the idea versus mm-hmm. like how much this movie was just alluding the entire time of how hopeless this entire situation was. you're probably right yeah it, it wasn't in the cards but like the the <sighs> just as a jaded horror fan that was like that was the first that was the first place you think it's going to go. You know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. upon closer inspection, it was never going to go that direction. But like that would be the most predictable ending. And I've come to expect the most predictable ending. <laughs> but but this yeah. movie's better than that, you know? Right. So, yeah. But yeah. They, they almost lead you up to that water to drink it, though, because when he's like, I needed to find you. And then he goes off on the rails and shares yeah. that he wants to cut her tits off. <laughs> He shares. He shares that piece of intimate knowledge. Overshare. <laughs> Overshare. Um, Overshare. TMI. <laughs> TMI. Jim. The, the only thing I didn't like is that they gave it away like just one scene too early. Mm. Yeah. That, I, yeah. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. But she yeah, had to get away from him. You know, she had to somehow almost give us the impression that she was. She might. She might well, get away well, from him. 
or well, maybe no, explain that's more. that's not what i'm talking about okay. <laughs> no no I, no the she calls him while she's in the hospital or she texts him mm-hmm. and he's walking through the hospital with the phone that and it says eighth floor you know he has a gun yeah and he's yeah. reading it and then he just drops his phone in a puddle of blood mm-hmm. which like gives oh, away oh i got you that gives yeah. away that he's been turned yeah. well even no, I got the you. time they talked before that he had this weird like flashback i don't know you flashback he, like hallucination hallucination yeah. yeah yeah that 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 is suggesting that he's infected but even more so because you start like those could have been red herrings you know what i mean mm-hmm. right but then when he shows up and the door opens and he's standing there with the machete and you immediately see his eyes that's where i thought they jumped the gun mm. because that could have waited 45 more seconds right and had him fight the big bad together or whatever mm-hmm. then oh, it actually is going to turn out good. And then it's no, actually, I really love you. And I want to cut your tits off. Like, you know what I mean? And then you're like, Mm. oh, shit. You know what I mean? That would have been a gut punch. Um, But they, yeah, they just established that he was infected a little bit too early, I felt like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was was just too sweaty, too slimy. It was too... Like it was too apparent, That's and then how they I feel also right now just... in this office. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the final scene though between the two mm-hmm. of them, it is it is a weird empathy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I can't think of another movie that made me feel feel exactly like that. Yeah, just because like it, he like he's obvi- he's wounded, he's dying, and it's it's a, almost a callback to that scene I was talking about with the guy on the morning announcements mm-hmm. you know the the emergency broadcast right. speaker because he's like he's trying yeah, the morning <laughs> i just i just think about like morning today in the cafeteria we'll be serving fish sticks and macaroni yeah. and cheese like that's more <laughs> i don't know how taiwan goes maybe they have a giant cafeteria <laughs> I, might, I don't know i'm not, I'm not smart <laughs> but um yeah he, he's like trying to profess like how he still loves her and cares about her but then he just can't help himself and it turns again and he does the overshare of mm-hmm. like, I'm going to cut your tits. and you know. but, but he's saying like, it's because I love you so much. Right. So you yeah. feel like you know what's changing in his brain and you know that he can't control this or not only can he can't control it in his current state of mind, he is professing the most like love he can he can. He's mm-hmm. definitely setting a bar for me for the next time I start dating someone, you know? Yeah. You want them to profess their intentions <laughs> about... Yeah, like, love me so hard that you just want to cut my tits off. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, and then, like, it's so weird because everything else, like, the idea of being infected is normally, like, a fate worse than death. Mm-hmm. But for this, he's like, it feels awesome. Right. And right. I was like, whoa, that puts a whole, like, because they all acted like they were having a blast. Right. You know what right. I mean? And you're like, oh, this looks kind of, look, like they're having a fucking blast. Freaking blood orgies, running around, fucking playing weird games where you smash people's balls against balls. Like, <laughs> Basically, if you're mentally unstable, like, do not watch this movie because you're going to get some terrible ideas. Everyone was all into it. Like, they were yeah. all having a blast. <laughs> and, like, all the living people were the party poopers. But then... <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end when he's like, no, it feels awesome. Cause she goes like, how, do, how does it feel? Because he's, he still hasn't went fully over the edge. So like I said, it's mm-hmm. kind of gradual. And in those last moments, she asked him how it feels. And he's like, 
it's fucking sick it's great yeah yeah <laughs> which was weird it, yeah it, which i mean you know that you can draw a more subtle parallel between like people especially in america who would like get coronavirus and then you know they have they have the antibodies mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i know after i got it i was like no nah, i'm invincible for a bit <laughs> the fucking rules <laughs> steve was just kind of licking doorknobs everywhere yeah. Yeah. Like, it's fucking rules this is awesome this is like i feel you know yeah. you feel a sense of freedom and a sense of safety in a way so mm-hmm. like yeah i i get you know there's a little subtle uh, spin to that because yeah. like there's plenty of people who felt that yeah mm-hmm. of like i've been infected now i'm part of that group mm-hmm. and you know it didn't kill me and so like i get to be you know awesome so <laughs> i think this is uh, i think the other thing that was really the, the final scene was very very memorable and again the mm. sound design was was a big part of this it's jim sitting there dying like you you, you suspect that he is expiring like you watch him die mm-hmm covered in blood but he's got the biggest craziest grin Mm. on his face like he is just having a fucking blast yeah and as you hear as that's happening all you hear in the background is cat running up the stairs to the roof Mm -hmm. opening a big metal door and then presumably being shot by like a 50 cal machine gun yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like just getting mowed down by the chopper right right which also hilariously because she is immune and has antibodies yeah. right. and would have been a, a vector for solving the crisis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but no, she gets gunned down because the government mm. don't care. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and meanwhile, she just had this horrific death of getting, you know, ripped apart by a machine gun fire and dude her at the bottom of the steps just just ate shit. But he was having a blast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, internally, yeah. his his brain thought it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it was a really, there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> he was having a real good for her moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. God. No, that, that scene, the whole last scene stuck with me and made me feel so terrible. Like, I just felt sad. Would it have yeah. helped, Meg, if, if as he was sitting there right before he died and right after she got machine gunned, he was just like, yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> Would that have helped? There's like a um, a queer eye fucking cameo. God, Brian, like you spoke that into existence, and like that's going to happen in the American remake now. Like, yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Oh, boss bitch. <laughs> Just like Girl boss gets hers. You guys are ridiculous at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, man. So I love, I love, like, throughout the entire film, there's so much gore, so much blood, so much, oh, you know, Christ. horrific so imagery. Many, just guts. So much yeah. guts. And I'm, I'm watching all this and I'm thinking to myself, this is a fucking Cannibal Corpse album come to life. Fuck yes. 100%. And then, then the ended. song right at the end <laughs> sounds exactly like Cannibal Corpse. Dude, and they <laughs> do that thing that I love, which is a very emotional, like, quiet deliberate moment and then hard cut to yeah (laughs) i like i was really i actually just like who the fuck is this i want to know who this is i want to go buy their album right now but i I was like the guy did the music i I think he just literally was like what does a metal song sound like i what would make this (laughs) seem so intense and badass and he just wrote the most generic metal song but it was still groovy and awesome 
Yeah. 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 It, it was just full on like a Cannibal Corpse ripoff, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it worked because that's all I was thinking of. So yeah. hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent worth a watch. Uh, brace yourself. Um, not a light watch. You know, if you're thinking about watching, you know, Terror Train or something like that, maybe skip this one tonight uh, and come back around when you want something super intense. But uh, holy shit, honestly, in the last five years, if I had to really go through and think of like the 10 most impressive horror movies that I've seen that have come out in the last 10 years, I bet at least half of them would be um asian horror mm-hmm. films yeah like yeah, they are on the i mean there's so much good horror happening from directors all over and but my god there's some of these some of these asian direct well, i mean i know it's a canadian director but some of these asian productions whether it be you know korean or uh, indonesian or vietnamese like there are so there's so many fucking good movies coming out of mm-hmm. of, yeah. of eastern and southeast asia I feel, I feel like we like move in waves with this kind of stuff because like like Japan especially, but mm-hmm. like Japan and Korea were really killing it like in the late nineties because mm-hmm. that's when they were making The Ring and yeah. the Grudge, and then all that stuff came to America and got remade. Mm-hmm. And so like I think now we're like past another lull in like two thousand ten. I think things started really picking up again because you uh, think like. Stuff like I saw the devil, mm-hmm. the host, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then like we're getting this stuff like train, train to Busan, yeah. and this one film. cut of the dead, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. just. I, I tell you what, I mean, and I'm a, I'm a big zombie fan. I was a huge, you know, Romero fan, and we live in Romero country here, and and you know, uh, United States, specifically Western Pennsylvania, where we live, is uh, is the the origin of you know modern zombies um not zombie lore i mean that's obviously like haitian and stuff but um and from all over the world but um i don't know man a lot of these asian horror i think they've taken like they are the masters of the zombie movie now in in a lot of ways i'm just glad that it's like there's something like people are thinking about it differently now too yeah Mm -hmm. so when you just when you think a genre is so fucking tapped out and so expended, you mm-hmm. get something that's like completely, like it, it's a new. This I'm not saying completely new, but it was definitely a a fresh take in, in a lot of ways yeah. on mm-hmm. on the the genre, the subgenre. Yeah, and, and like we already said, though it is inspired by like you know Western comic book. So mm-hmm. it's, yep. yeah, it's it's an interesting play that you know again we we adapt things that the asian markets make but they also adapt things that we have so it's yeah yeah i think it's a lot of fun and it leads to good good products a lot of mm-hmm. cross-pollination there yeah mm-hmm. well goddamn guys i mean i don't know that we've ever had too many sods that have been more drastically different not only in our conversation <laughs> but in the quality of the films yeah we right. go from the worst fucking movie in the world in veronica to a really genuinely fucking awesome movie in my opinion yeah. um in uh, in the sadness so uh yeah 
good good little double feature for you guys tonight. Uh, here's what you do. You have a couple beers. You numb your brain just a little bit. You watch the sadness. Then as a nice palate cleanser, you get super baked and you watch <laughs> Veronica. And you try to appreciate just, nah, never mind. Fuck it. Don't, don't watch Veronica. You're yeah. not, it's not worth it. <laughs> Ma- Meg suggested maybe eat mushrooms and watch it. It might be different. Perhaps. This one, I actually, well, no, if, if you're a type of person who will take mushrooms and like watching horror things or make you feel intense go for it otherwise don't because i made the mistake watching daniel isn't real one time on shrooms and that was <laughs> oh i was talking awful. about veronica i was talking oh, about veronica. veronica sorry about that yeah no yeah. veronica 10 out of 10 take shrooms do it have fun with it you actually will like him more. Eight out of 10. hard 10 out of 10, <laughs> 10, 10, out of 10. <laughs> it goes from the worst movie you've ever seen you eat mushrooms 10 out of 10, 10, out of 10. yeah no i i can't imagine uh uh the sadness on mushroom that's 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 oh, a little much man. it's intense that's intense um so well any final thoughts on this flick not really no uh just kind of interested to see what the director does next yeah Mm -hmm. i mean this wasn't bad at all for like a first feature Mm -hmm. and you know uh maybe we'll see a sequel to this i don't care if we do or not though because i think it's perfectly encapsulated i was gonna say i'd be i'd almost be like eye roll if they if they did do a um although the train to basan "Quote unquote sequel, uh, the mm. island. What was it called? Uh, peninsula. The peninsula. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I didn't see it yet, but yeah. In any case, yeah, couldn't couldn't. Don't think it doesn't need a sequel. Yeah. T- take take your success. Go somewhere <laughs> else. Do another genre. Yeah. You know. I don't think yeah. it needs a sequel. But the the special thing of if it did get a sequel is you probably won't follow anybody that's in this film because everybody's fucking dead. They all dead. <laughs> yeah, they dead right. as hell. Um, so you'll just get a new story. So you might get something. You, you, they might show you something different. So Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, well, goddamn, we, uh, we've done it. We've talked about the sadness. Remember, boys and ghouls, um, tune in next week when we discuss what our uh, let, let me get let me make sure I got my timing here right. Um, yeah, we'll have next week where we will actually announce our um, our picks for. We actually have one, two, three, four. We have one of them old five uh, five Monday situations in May. So next week we will tell you what our choices for. Um, creatures from the deep are. If you've got any suggestions in the meantime, go ahead and check us out on the social medias where you can, you know, provide some suggestions or say, hey, here's a creature from the deep movie uh, that I like, or here's a here's another minisode idea because again, we only we got two more minisodes after this um, to do uh, in May. So uh, at Halloween is forever on Instagram at Halloween forever on Twitter, Halloween is forever podcast on Facebook, Halloween is forever pod on Gmail at gmail.com and for the emails, but also at Halloween is forever pod on TikTok. Did it. <laughs> Did it guys. Um, checks out. We're closing Follows. in on 60 followers on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are almost at, we are, we're getting ever closer to to 10,000 um, followers on Instagram. I will admittedly say I have not been as active on there as I probably should be because on account of my job has been crazy. Uh, but we'll get um, a lot more fun stuff on there, um, especially because, guys, 
it's about to be June. June is officially summer. Summer is pre-spooky season. We all know this. So we'll get a little <laughs> bit deeper into that um, in the coming months. Any other announcements? Anything else we got to talk about before we wrap this bitch up? Nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's about it. More information to come on our live show here in Pittsburgh, which we'll be talking about. Also, uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, other podcast guest situations that are going to be coming up in in future weeks, which we'll talk about probably on the next uh, mini. So, yeah. Oh, no, wait. I, I just got one. I remembered. Oh, what I remembered. Uh, get your Gabagoolu t-shirt. <laughs> get your Gabagools. Yes. Steve, we'll post about it here uh, uh, in in the next, probably today when this comes out or in the next day. Yeah. It's the day it comes out Monday. Steve came up with an, an excellent design for, for those of you who did like our Veronica episode. If you haven't, I listened to that uh while i was driving out to philadelphia i laughed my balls off <laughs> right <laughs> such a funny stupid episode listen to i had, the, I had episode. the pause editing it was so fucking funny to me <laughs> that's when it's cracking the fuck up <laughs> oh, i was cracking up um steve designed a gabagool spelled gh uh ghoul spelled g-h-o-u-l shirt um that uh is certainly gonna get us in at least one fist fight with either uh, Glenn Danzig or Jerry only. Um, so check it out on the social medias. You'll be able to order that on T Public, and I think for the first what week or something like that, it's uh, heavily discounted. So if yeah, you're first get three it, days it's uh, thirty five off. Yeah. If, so if you're gonna get it, get it quick. Um, and then also while you're there, grab one of those. <laughs> My balls are full of pee shirts while you're at it. <laughs> it's a real crowd pleaser. I wore it to, I wore it to a beer festival recently and it oh, got God. a lot of comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's a real conversation starter. Um, I'm sure it is. That makes yeah, me really a happy. Pi- a pink, a pink. My balls are full of pee shirt. <laughs> uh, started a lot of conversations in the right group. So, all that's right. Uh, if that's all we have, boys and ghouls, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Okay, bye. Me. Okay, bye. <laughs>